Come and grab your friends. It's time for MetaWatch, the world's first, best, only, and probably last Metabots Damashi podcast. My name's Mitch. I use he and pronouns, and I'll be your referee tonight. In the red corner, they're not here to make friends. They're here to win. Colin. Hi, my name is Colin. Uh, I use they, them pronouns, and the thing that's been stuck in my head all week is just honey rules everything around me. <laughs> be rescue the honey drippy drippy honey y'all and i don't know i can't get it out of my head it's just all i can think about (laughs) in the blue corner they are here to make friends quinn hey everybody my name is quinn welsh wilson my pronouns are they them and i gotta say folks i'm here to record but deep at the at the pit of my heart and in the true depths of my stomach i'm craving a fresh cool lube oil smoothie (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, that that uh, the concept of a lube oil smoothie is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Hello, Quinn. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super happy to be here. Yeah. Um. I, it turns out that Metabots is good again. I feel so manic with this show going back and forth in quality. But these are some really good episodes. Like this actually feels like like original metabots quality uh which i'm sure is just going to be trounced next time that we record (laughs) i don't know uh this is getting to the point where i skipped ahead and it looked exactly like this i okay i think i think we're in the clear you know i i i would say that we are going to get another plot heavy two-parter that's probably going to suck just absolute donkus pretty here uh, soon in the next couple of episodes but like we had uh we had zero and we had uh um cam in several of these episodes and they weren't horrible so who knows <laughs> it was wild like i'm not gonna say that this made me like cam anymore he's just like a ghoulish freak of a child who honestly spooks me out yeah mm-hmm. but they deployed him very well in the first episode and Honestly, in the second episode, as sort of a vague uh, threat or instigator of plot as well. Yeah. Uh, oh man, like I, I don't know, like that the, the Metabee's out of out of experience. He just straight up does some classic villain shit. Like I can't possibly it's, complain about it. Uh. No, he's just he's hamming it up. He's eating up scenery in a way that he has not before. Yeah, he's been so subdued. He's just had, like, almost nothing going on. <laughs> and he, like, he turned it on yeah. th- that episode. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm oh, honestly surprised Genkai gets better with every episode. Yeah, Genkai is, like, very quickly becoming the best character of the show. Uh- <laughs> his his characterization is definitely improving. There's You're getting more and more texture to it. You're starting to understand, like, how he ticks, what he does... Um, I, I'm really appreciating that. There is a line in the, in the dub that got me though, because until I read his name written out, I wasn't sure what they were saying (laughs) for his name. Yeah. Um, and I could have sworn at the scene in the second episode in The Beast Deals the Honey, when they're trying to figure out, no, it was the first episode, I'm sorry, in, there's this scene in Metabee's out-of-body experience, when the screws are trying to find their way around, and they run into Genkai, and I could have sworn they said, oh, hey, it's a gay guy. And I'm like, <laughs> that seems 
A bit strange, Metabots. What are you saying? Yeah, you know, um, it just, I mean, who doesn't, as as a as a bisexual person, who doesn't just crave hanging out at an abandoned uh, bowling alley? It's just, that's gay culture, baby. Uh. Right. No, like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, as, as a bisexual person as well, like, I just wouldn't expect to be called out like that on a children's show. That's true, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you've, I, I know that you've been playing the the Game Boy game recently. Uh, oh my and god! Just the screws are just. Who knows why they say anything that they say anymore? I'm gonna get your clothes <laughs> so dirty. Uh, you're gonna have to do your laundry alone. Uh, I need you to know that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sloane in the in the Game Boy game, uh, the RPG Game Boy game, not the platform brawler yeah uh sloan has an obsession with laundry (laughs) and making laundry dirty or getting clean yeah (laughs) it's it's very strange there's been some really weird things in that game i think my favorite of the weird things is definitely definitely sloan's characterization yeah because there's some some other stuff that's going on with I've gone through, like, three story beats, right? Like, basically, like, three episodes worth of content. Mm-hmm. Um, and in every single one, they've found a way to put Iki in women's clothes, but, like, against his will. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, why <laughs> are you doing that? It's, there's just, there's no, <laughs> it's wild that Metabots is as good as it is, considering just, uh... The context that it came out of and the fact that, like, none of this ever made it into the television show, it's just, it's ludicrous. Uh. You know what? I'm going to come out and say it. I think I'm going to say something that's very brave, uh, <laughs> maybe even controversial. I don't think that the video game is very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is uh, hot trash, and um, I'm only sad it's not on the Switch so I could play more of it. <laughs> right. I I have long found myself lamenting. Why do we not have up to to Metabots 9 or whatever they have in Japan? And now that I'm revisiting and playing this game, I understand exactly why it failed. Yeah. <laughs> because it just was not good. Yeah, well, it, it definitely, it makes sense why they decided to stop making the RPGs and only make the platform brawlers now. Because, the I, I you know, and I, I would hate to be proved wrong here, I think it's really hard to, uh, you know, have a cross-dressing fetish, like, forcefully inserted into a, a Smash-style game. Or, hey, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> There are video games. <laughs> there are video games, that's true. Uh <laughs> Uh, do we want to talk about episodes? I feel like uh, yeah, we should I, maybe I just get into... Yeah, they're very good, uh, it turns out. Um, so we've got Metabee's out-of-body experience. Um, this is uh, very upset because they've they've finally brought back a character from the previous seasons, and it's Dr. Aki, of all people. Um, but uh, Icky and... Also, I, I want to uh, get y'all's opinion on this. What is this dumb Sasuke-looking boy's name? Because it feels like they're really leaning into Z- Zuru now. Whereas, like, I would have sworn that every episode up until this point, his name was Zero. Uh, I really do not know what's going on with this with this boy's name anymore. Uh. I have also been under the impression that his name was Zero. But this time they were definitely saying Zuru. And I was wondering if it was another thing... Like with hearing them talk about Genkai, where I just, I wasn't hearing the name. I'm like, because honestly, the, 
the videos I've been watching, they're kind of quiet. Like, I have to, like, really crank up the volume to hear them clearly. And even then, some of the words get muddled. So I'm like, maybe it's that or it's that classic muddled Canadian diction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or it could be that this is, like, the eighth time that they've had, like, a a, a change in, uh, like, voice direction or something. Uh, I I could sw- – it sounds like they might have switched Iki again. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like they've got a parade of, like, young men yeah. coming through. You two – Different young man every time. Go, this kid's a loser. He's a zero. All right, moving on. Yeah. Uh, his it's name's always been Zuru in the sub. Uh, Yuzu okay. is his name. Okay. Well, that's that's that better. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Which um Metabots has a long history, uh even in the first good series, um <laughs> of occasionally just not translating something and putting it in the episode for, you know, 30 minutes of the next episode yeah. they translate it again. It could also <laughs> there be are... that. Uh, as, as we go to the Metabot laboratory, there are a lot of conspicuous, they have just taken, like, uh, a lossless, like, you know, ping of the English Metabots logo and just, like, slapped it on several things in this scene. (laughs) It's really funny, actually, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, they've, they've all come to the Metabot laboratory, uh, so that they can get a tour and talk to Dr. Aki, and I guess, so Dr. Aki can, like, download some... Uh, info off of MetaB about Red Run because we're still terrified of Red Run and how sick he is. Um, and uh, yeah, just they're they're hanging out. There's a really conspicuous zoom on what I thought was who replaced Miss Caviar, but no, they're uh, Zuru is just obsessed with these pods in the back of the room, uh, which he calls like Meta Gazes or something. Um, <laughs> they're robot coffins. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As opposed to real coffins, which we've seen. Fairly recently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that did Real actually have a robot contain, in it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they can contain metabots if you want them to. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, but uh, Dr. Aki has set them up with a bunch of junk food, which just appears to be lots of cakes and sodas. Um, that they're eating with their bare hands. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's an eight-year-old boy. It's... You just you pick up the whole cheesecake and you shove it in your mouth in one bite. <laughs> okay, is he an eight year old boy? I could have sworn that they said he's in high school now. He's I think he's like eleven now because he was. That would make a lot more sense. Right? No, he doesn't look like a high schooler. This yeah. is so we we find out um, next episode actually. Uh, so next episode takes place on Friday, September twenty second. <laughs> so this is at least a full year after last series now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would still, I would buy that maybe they're in middle school, but, like, if, I feel like if they were in high school, they would absolutely be in uniforms at this point. Uh, that's, that's the thing, like, I, the whole vibe to me has felt very elementary school, but at one point, and maybe it was me mishearing something, again, I, I can't trust my hearing with some <laughs> of the things they say. Yeah. But I could have sworn that they referred to it as, like, Sweet River High or something. <laughs> like, the school. I could have yeah. sworn that they called it a high school. Which was very confusing to me. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> nobody looks like that in high school. I would not be surprised if even the localizers just threw that in there just because, yeah. I don't know, a joke or something. Uh, right. We got to name the school something. Hey, Mac, give me a name. Uh, Sweet River High. All right, put it in the show. Done. That's as yeah. much effort as some, We're not- sometimes. Um, what, what stopped me wasn't how he was eating. It was the fact he was eating. Because last time we were in, well, not this building. This is a new building for the Metabots Corporation. (laughs) 
But last time we were in the Metabots Corporation, Aki said uh, he could have all the free crackers he wants down in the cafeteria. And this time, you know, not to full spread. Uh, it's they've gotten all that that big government money after uh, the aliens came and visited. I think uh, it's just you know, uh, uh, funding came in. They're all good. I, they don't have to rely on on uh, making uh, children's toys anymore. <laughs> okay, I was wondering if he had undergone some sort of like Ebenezer Scrooge like character development. See, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> the time he, since he'd been off, he got yelled at by Hushi when uh, Hushi and Michael flew up into space, and Brandon. <laughs> Hushi, Michael, and Brandon. Yeah, those are the three yeah. people who flew into space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of them do I clearly remember. Uh, oh, man. Uh, you know, well, one of one of them's a, an old scientist, one of them is a cat, and one of them is a hot anime boy that turned into a gremlin. <laughs> oh, right. No, I, I remember the cat, and then I... Brandon is the weirdest character in all of Metabots, maybe. He's just like... We we probably can't derail. We need to try to keep this yeah, on yeah. some sort God. of time schedule. I, I made a I made a vow. Yeah. We wouldn't go over two hours. I, so I, I keep saying, hey, I want to keep this podcast under two hours, and then I say things like, remember the alien hot boy? Anyways, okay. So we do get the very funny lines from Metabi about steel wool burgers and lube smoothies, which I don't want to think about. Uh no, thank you. Yeah. Uh <gasps> lube oil smoothie. Yeah. Well, you don't want I mean, a gritty I get, yeah. smoothie. I mean, yeah. I guess sometimes you do, no. but like also, you know, whip, at that point it's more of a malt, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Aki wants to get some, some the bees' memories of fighting Red Run, and so you know they they put a big plug into them, and then we cut over to the screws who are lost uh, because Spike brought a VCR manual instead of a map, uh, and that's where yes. they run into Genkai, um, who offers them a ride to Aki's. But, uh, you know, they've got to do something for him, and so they come to an agreement. Uh, Sam is going to smuggle him into Aki's lab in exchange for getting Pepper Cat in action mode somehow. So, uh, so, so. real quick, uh, Spike is questioning, because uh, Genkai was just laying on top of a uh, uh, a bench there in the subway. Because Genkai likes to pretend to be homeless, we find out, um, <laughs> yeah. throughout this entire series. Um, so he goes, hey, you're not acting like a we think you know, a kid your age should. And Genkai just yells "ha cha 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 cha" at them, and then they freak out. <laughs> and I was like, "All right, Genkai, you're top five Metabots characters of all time now." That that is the exact really voice I used to voice skeletons in uh, tabletop games, so I do really appreciate that. Uh. <laughs> I'm also curious. Have y'all talked about how Sam's characterization has been like? shifting through Damashi as opposed to where it was through, like, the end of the original series? Oh, yeah, it sucks. Um, it, like, it definitely feels like they are basically, like, they, they are leaning more into the comedy bits of, of, uh, like, original Metabots, and they do still have callbacks to stuff like, um, uh, uh, her being Icky's mentor, but, like, by and large, they, and I feel like they, they've kind of done a similar thing to Arika, too, of just kind of, like, they're girls, so they're never going to have agency in the story anymore, and it just, it really fucking blows. Uh. Yeah. And Sam in particular is almost like a compulsive traitor at this point. Yeah. Like, if she sees an opportunity to betray uh, Iki and them, she will, which is, like, very different from where she ended the series at, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she, and so it's, it's always wild. Yeah. She and it's especially weird because, like... 
Yeah. And, like, she's always, like, betraying them to get, like, new parts for Peppercat, which, like, never seemed like an issue that she had before. Like, suddenly now she's in the, the position that, like, Icky was last time of, like, not being able to afford new parts or anything like that, which just, I don't know, seems like a, a weird thing to go with. Um, and I really hope it just stops soon. Uh, like, especially because she has such a, she had a really good character. I think Sam was one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. in that first season. And I will say her English VA, like, is knocking it out of the part with the role. I really think she is doing a lot for that performance. But it sucks when she's just like, I just want to steal, or I just want to betray people and get parts for Peppercat, which I will then never use. Yeah. Or be screwed out of subsequently. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping that it feels like this is like the third or fourth time that they've like faked us out on Sam and Genkai finally like getting, like getting fed up with Cam. But like, I really do hope that it, at a certain point soon, we're just going to get like Peppercat plus or whatever, and we can leave this weird traitor story arc behind with Sam and, and get back to her old character arc. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, we get to see Red Run again. Red Run is still sick as hell. Uh, uh, Aki continues to just suck. Uh, we're just finding out about uh, uh, more lore. Uh, Kilobots are still not on sale for some reason, and they're still afraid of them going on sale eventually. This seems like the weirdest like marketing like uh, drive that Cam is yeah. doing, that they're still not available for the market, but oh well. I found... I found that so confusing, especially because they're about to talk about how they need to defeat them in the marketplace of ass-kicking. Yeah. (laughs) uh, In order to ensure that their product fails. Yeah. And it's just, Cam, you could be making money right now. Uh, So none of this is in the sub. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which, um, the sub treats kilobots as something you can get. They're just very expensive, which is fine. Um, All they're talking about now is how uh, Aki goes on and on and on about how kilobots are against the principles of metabots and about how since they dedicate 100% of their power to combat, they can't communicate their hearts to children. And being able to communicate his heart is what makes Metabee such a good toy. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I so... get that. It's still weird to call metabots toys. I know they are technically toys, but they're also people. Well, and that's what I was going to say, because it's interesting because that read, like that translation, is different from what we've been getting in English, and I think it's significant in in like a in a small way, but a very significant way. Where if you're saying that they can't communicate their hearts because of the way that they've been calibrated, versus essentially they're soulless, mm-hmm. those are very different things, at least to me. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think going from what we heard before. The kilobots are soulless, and he's saying here they can't communicate their heart because they have no heart to communicate with. But okay, he's not outright saying that, so maybe we're gonna get a situation where actually Unitrix has feelings this whole time and just wasn't given a mouth, and that, that is, would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be terrible. I don't know. I am looking forward more to that because the, I don't know, the way that it's worded in the dub feels more like it's just metabots are your friends. We are leaning into the Pokemon thing here uh, and mm-hmm. kilobots are bad because they aren't your friends. And it's just, I don't right. know, it's it's flattened in a really weird way yeah. that like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, the, the sub seems a lot more interesting as far as like where they're taking this plot, even if they're like really still going in the same direction with it. <laughs> 
and right, it does boil down to essentially one of these has souls and the other doesn't. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Which also, like, based on what we know about Metabots, it seems like, you know, the Killabot parts are fine. They're just top-tier good parts. It's the it's the Killabot metal that's the problem. Right, because the soul is stored in the metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm thinking is, like, they're trying to say Metabots are alien people trapped inside coins that are inside of robot bodies. And that's fine and normal. Killabots, mm-hmm. they just robots. And robots don't have souls. So it's okay to shoot them. Is that what I think they're trying to get at? Which I don't... I guess we'll have to see where they go with it. Yeah, it's also tied into that really weird distinction they keep making between row-battling and fighting. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, uh, it, it's just... It's always weird. Uh, <laughs> hey, Colin? Yeah? We get to see your, your favorite boy? We do, we do. Uh, first, a scientist calls Icky a fucking scrub, uh, though, Which for is true. having the, the worst, uh, uh, like, win-loss uh, ratio in the world right now. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, Aki, you know, follows up his statement about how, uh, you know, kilobots are evil because they, they only fight to win, and they only care about power, and how are we going to beat them? Well, with these two new yoked-ass metabots that I've made, and we open up one of these little metabots coffins, and it's Arc Beetle Dash, my son is here, my beautiful boy, uh, I love this metabot so much, uh, <laughs> Good and then we uh we get a second one we get Tyrell Beetle, which just has some huge honking shoulders on him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tyrell Beetle, uh, I, you know I'm not a big fan of big stocky builds in a lot of things, um, but Tyrell Beetle really grew on me throughout this episode, mm-hmm. especially when we uh, go into its uh, action mode. I was like, all right, I I'm sold. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, act, I know I've been complaining a lot about action modes a lot, and uh, Ty- Tyrell Beetle's action mode is sick as hell. It looks really cool, even if we only see it for like half a second. <laughs> I was going to say, I have not been real big on action modes throughout Damashi. It just hasn't felt right. Mm-hmm. It's it's felt somehow against the ineffable spirit of <laughs> Metabots. Yeah. But Tyrell Beetle's action mode kicks a lot of ass. <laughs> It uh it he does turn into a really cool looking car. And I know I've I've complained about how they all just turn into cars, but he like turns into a car that looks like a car. Like he turns into like, you know, a blue beetle Lamborghini, basically. With uh, six wheels and sword wings. Yeah. Like that's the coolest car you could right. possibly have. <laughs> and maybe this is the thing, right? Because that looks cool as hell. In when MetaBeat goes into action mode, and I don't know if this is the feeling that you all get. But when I look at him, I think, oh, my God, Metabee's in pain right now. <laughs> yes. Tyrell Beetle, car go honk honk. Metabee, car go beep beep. There's just... Yeah. yeah. There's a problem there. Metabee's more of a moped than, like, a tank, yeah. like Tyrell. Which is fine, I guess. But, like, he's not, he's not Tyrell Beetle. And maybe that's yeah. the problem this whole time. Uh, um, They get a really just, yeah. good line here real quick. Yeah. Because uh, Icky and Metabi are talking about, you know, Arc Beetle Dash and everything. And quietly Zero goes, you know, he looks three times as expensive as Metabi. <laughs> which, which is pretty good. <laughs> which made me start thinking about how much this Metabi body cost. Because um, Nye gave it to him for free. But originally Metabi only cost like $1.75. Yeah. 
he was an old model uh, on clearance at the Seven Eleven, as we are as we are want to buy Metabots at. Uh, right. Um. So, uh, Aki offers to let Iki and Zuru test drive uh, the two new models, but first he has to tell us a story of genius, greed, and power that nearly tore apart the world of Metabot science, which was just a guy saying, "Hey, I want to make some ultra powerful Metabots," and Aki going, "No, they're too powerful." And I guess the technically Arc Beetle and Tyrell Beetle are. Uh, one, they're, I guess technically they're kilobots, because this is very clearly the guy who will go on to invent kilobots. And also, like, this had to have happened, what, like, between the start of Damashi and, like, the end of the previous show? Like, this probably happened, what, a couple of months ago? Uh, That's what gets me <laughs> yeah. about it. I'm like, I don't know when this happened, but when you put this and the original run together, you wind up with a very strange, convoluted backstabbing like metabot scientific community yeah. everyone's always trying to like screw each other over i mean that's uh, just corporate baby yeah i suppose that's true it is also funny when uh in this in the dub unnamed doctor who looks like a spooky skeleton <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically says i think it sucks that some children can't win when they row battle so i'm gonna make metabots that can always win okay and it's like that first of all, that's not going to follow through. <laughs> like, what happens when two of those kids fight each other? Okay, ding dong. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I think it's it's fairly obvious. Uh, Professor Cheekbones here is Zero's dad. Yeah, uh, they got the same dumb hair and everything. Uh, this is why Zero mm -hmm. has a chip on his shoulder. Uh, in the sub, his name is Mizeru, which Mizeru and Yuzeru. I, I'm I'm going with a family thing here, um, but yeah. what if yeah. the entire creation of Kilobots, a Metabot that can't lose for kids who can't win, is because Zero sucks so much at row battling? His dad goes, <laughs> "I have to completely change the game here." Oh my god! What if he goes? Oh, my man. shitty kid is so bad at playing with toys. I have to make a toy that always wins for him. <laughs> I love my but, shitty you know son. He's just being a good dad, I guess, and uh, creating just war crime machines. Uh, also, this, like the whole idea that Aki would object to this is like ludicrous. When literally, like, how many times did he make like a death robot in the previous show? Belzegor, <laughs> right? He was <laughs> right. No, constantly. Yeah, and I guess because this guy made a couple kilobots that are literally almost entirely made out of knives that's over the line yeah in a in a post baby blue world you simply can't do this anymore uh <laughs> the problem here is he's uh giving these military secrets and techniques to children as opposed to the military and children can't pay money and the military <laughs> loves to give money for war crime robots that is true yeah uh Oh man! Well, we we have not seen uh, the the UN peacekeeper uh, Metabot forces again yet, but uh, we've got plenty of show left, I guess. Uh. You know what could have happened after the last time the robots uh, the the Metabots rebelled around the world and started shooting people? They go, all right, hold on, maybe we'll just give people guns instead of giving guns to people. <laughs> Ludicrous. Uh, Anyways, so uh, Sam and the gang finally show up, uh, and her genius plan of how to uh, get Genkai smuggled into the facility is to simply have him stand not in front of the camera that they have to, like, sign in at. And then they just walk in. Uh, it's that simple. Uh <laughs> Which implies they must have 
Genkai's face or something on a like don't let this child in <laughs> list or something. Yeah. They've they've done some corporate espionage to know that he is somehow associated with the Kilobots Corporation and he's no longer allowed inside the lab. But I guess if any random child can walk up and say they're Icky's friend and they'll be let in. Uh. Re- remember when Icky and Metabi got shot at when they tried to enter the building? <laughs> that was, uh, that was the Metabots Corporation building, not the Metabots Laboratory building, though. Completely different. Uh. Naturally. Yeah. Um. And so uh, this is we we cut back over. Uh, Icky finally put Metabi's medal into ArcBL Dash. Uh, and it apparently sucks. Arc Beetle Dash is really heavy. B feels like he's, like, moving with, uh, around in concrete. They can't even get him to, like, th- like, Icky has to physically push him to get him started so he can actually move. Um, and, uh, they head to the Metabot Proving Ground, which is cowboy-themed. <laughs> right. Love so, it. I want to, I want to take a minute here to talk about some things. Yeah. Right? So, first of all, I guess I'll start at the lightest end of things. Uh, do either of you watch I Think You Should Leave? No. No. It's not Metabots. Okay. It's I don't a watch really... it. <laughs> All right. It's a really excellent sketch comedy show uh, that just released its second season. And there is a sketch in, in that season that seems shockingly close to Metabee's reaction that involves a man getting dressed up in a lot of makeup for, like, a prank show. And he, like, can't move because everything's way too heavy. <laughs> and he starts freaking out. Yeah. Um, But this is, uh, I guess, we can all agree that, like, on some level, because as we've talked about before, metabots are people. Yeah. And the way that metabots exist with their tin pets and parts, metabots is, like, about bodies in in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, I mean, yeah, a, it's, and a, uh, as, as anybody who makes a podcast about robot shows will tell you, yes, mechs are always supposed to be a stand-in for the human body. It's just, that's what themes are. Uh Right. And you wind up in this interesting situation with metabots where there is a like degree of assumed uh, flexibility with with body. You can trade parts out and and feel things out differently. And we've seen Metabi struggling to engage with adaptations to different body parts in the past. Like when he was doing the swimming thing, he had like the octopus legs. Mm -hmm. It took him a minute to sort of like develop like the proprioception and like the sense of balance and movement required to engage with that and him stepping into arc beetle is like a full step further than that where it seems like metabee is spending his entire time in that metabot in a stage of like active and painful dysphoria which i thought was very interesting for them to do yeah, yeah. and especially like given the context of like Tyrell Beetle and Arc Beetle Dash were made to be more powerful metabots to like uh keep up with Red Run and future Kilobots. Like it it definitely feels like whereas before metabots were designed for fun row battle, like they would say, hey, let's make a, a a metabot that is good at flying. Let's make a metabot that can a metabot part that lets things turn invisible and like fun stuff like that. Or let's let's make a new line of metabots and they turn into cars. Uh, this very much specifically feels like, oh no, they've they've made Arc Beetle Dash to just be absolutely like destructive in the way that a kilobot like, is destructive. Mm-hmm. And like, he that feels to, like, of... come through in the way that, like, 
it does not feel like a body that's meant to be inhabited for Metabi. It feels like a body that he has to like deal with for the purpose that it's been built for. Right. So I think Arc Beetle Dash is almost like literally a railgun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So like they they are amplifying that like Metabi is already aesthetically much more of like a weapon than some other metabots, but that is also in part tying to like the beetle aesthetic. Like, yeah. He's got, like, those Kabuto Beetle things that are his head rockets. But this, again, it, it, it takes it a step farther, and it's actively disorienting and distressing. Like, Metabi, as a person, wasn't designed to inhabit a body, and I guess also by extension, like a like a mindset or a state of being. That is that intent on straight-up, like, violent carnage. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they also... Uh, say multiple times in the sub, and every time this kind of happens with Metabi, how weird it is that he's not able to adapt, that all the other Metabots do, and he's not. And I, I think that really says something about Metabi that I really like. Yeah, like yeah, I, the 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 whole like ancient metal like plotline has kind of been completely left off in D- mm-hmm. Damashi, so it'll be interesting to see like if if that's like they're going to bring that back into it, or if it's just something about Metabi's personality. Like definitely all of this could very well support Mitch what you were talking about earlier of the idea of like you know what if it what if it is that like Unitrix does have is like totally like capable of having a personality and it's the it's the parts that are that are suppressing that and we are getting shades of that in the way that like B is having to deal with mm-hmm. being an arc beetle <laughs> right like he he is literally having parts of himself weighed down yeah. and suppressed <laughs> Because it is it is too heavy for him to carry this, which is really, again, interesting. And I don't know why the other metabots are able to adapt. And it is it is interesting because there's a lot of reads that here, as things are still open, we have a lot of readings that we can make. Because Metabee is sort of headstrong and stubborn and in some in some senses set in his ways. So that could be a part of it. But it could also be something to do with the ancient metal or there could be a less um i guess when i when i ascribe those personality traits to metabi i don't necessarily mean them in a negative way i feel like often those have negative valences to them when you ascribe those traits to somebody but they're also part of what makes metabi like an interesting and heroic figure mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um, so yeah there's, there's a lot of really interesting space there that even as damashi is getting better I don't have the confidence that they're going to pay off. <laughs> yeah. Cause like the, I, I guess like one of the, the kind of like big problems with this is, you know, Dimashi doesn't have a very good, a very strong supporting cast because this is, this is an opportunity where if, if Zero was bringing Dorcas around with him and this was Dorcas's medal in uh, uh, Tyrell Beetle, we would, we would have a, a character on deck that we could explore that in, like, you know, parallel with, with B being in, in Arc Beetle Dash. And instead, it's the, right. the metabot that Zuru carries around with him as, as, like, his decoy metabot that has his no personality beard. that we don't get any, like, voice lines from. Okay. And it's just, it, it definitely seems like the, the writing has set themselves up to fail in certain ways by not yeah. right. having strong characters to play off of each other. <laughs> Because I'm not Rox doesn't really have a very well defined personality yeah. either. <laughs> but there's more going on there than like the Jomon style metabot that he's carrying around as his decoy. Don um, Dogu. 
Don Dogu is the name of that metabot. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, he is so he is the Don Dogu Golem type number two. There is no Golem type number one. <laughs> they were going to get around to that, but yeah. just never really, never really got there. Yeah. So yeah, again, it, it leaves this interesting space that invites some questions, but it also doesn't feel like they're necessarily entirely committed to that like thematic space. Mm-hmm. Which again is it's really weird, especially because they don't even really then use it to contrast as like meta fighters. They're not really contrasting Iki and Zuru in any sort of substantial sense. Yeah, and I mean like that, that, that's that's why especially things like you know the way that Arika's characterization has changed, the way that Sam's characterization has changed, is that like everything's so much more flattened that like really like the only the only characters that really have strong characterization still is basically meta b and sometimes nigh and that's it uh and it just there is a like things feel less active and it feels like there's less going on because Mm -hmm. there's less there's less interpersonal conflict there's less like big characters that can kind of stand up to each other in ways that like help you know give the show a little bit more subtext but uh right (laughs) That's something that's been really weird about going into Damashi because uh, I think I said this to Colin in like private messages as I was watching through the show. The switch is so strange because the first run of Metabots is so much defined and made by its supporting cast in a lot of ways. Absolutely. You you sort of need everyone there fleshing things out and providing this dynamic. Where you do reach a point here where it feels like maybe people only have opinions when they need to. <laughs> yeah. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Metabots, the series, would not have been anything if not for Coach Man Mountain. <laughs> if he wasn't he there. Was great. He was great. Yeah. Fighting Yakuza's trying to find a wife. <laughs> Metabots would have just been another kid's show as opposed to the, you know, the art that it became. That's only yeah. maybe like twenty five percent joking, right there. <laughs> but it, it does speak to like you know uh, we've had so many episodes that don't have like just strong like one off characters that are interesting, and then we also like don't have you know a uh, uh, like the diff- the the relationship between Iki and Koji is like so different than the relationship between Iki and and Zuru to the point that like conflicts and like the plot of the show arose out of the relationship between Iki and Koji whereas mm-hmm. it feels like the plot happens and the relationship between Iki and Zuru happens as a result of that plot <laughs> as you said that there was differences between the relationship between Iki and Koji and Iki and Zuru I was going to ask like no shade but I guess like a little bit of shade what is the relationship between Iki and Zuru uh basically nothing except yeah. for a couple of times where uh like Iki's like you're a good meta fighter but I don't like the way that you meta fight and Zero being like well that's that's I don't Iki know I can't I can't even really, yeah yeah I can't Zero. even really think about what his opinion of Iki is honestly yeah. <laughs> no I don't know how yeah. he feels about anything yeah. aside from kilobots yeah <laughs> like i have a sense for how almost everyone feels about kilobots and it is for 90 percent of the cast they hate them yeah <laughs> for eight percent of the cast they think they whip and for two percent of the cast they're in some sort of like transitional or um 
like concern phase. Like now, they're they're engaging in consideration around their relationship to kilobots. Now you're giving those numbers uh, quite a bit of range, even though there's only seven characters in Metabotometry <laughs> that have names. Uh, I have a master's degree in marriage and family therapy, not in math. So <laughs> I'm just gonna let that one sit. Um, I, I guess you know what. When I when I draw that that two percent figure, I'm doing Genkai a huge disservice. I'm gonna I'm gonna bump that up to a full maybe twenty five percent because <laughs> that's the sort of space that he deserves. Yeah, he's Absolutely. a large boy. He take he should take up more percent. Uh, uh, he's got a real, big personality. Uh, <laughs> real quick before we get back to the episode, I have one yeah. more creepy thing about like disturbing thing about Metabee being in this body and being so uncomfortable because the last time we saw a Metabee metal inside of a kabuto or inside of the uh the arc beetle uh it was because it was a zombie meta bee metal put inside of an arc beetle that was that was the entire point of the last series was this thing happened yeah and like it, it's kind of messed up they did that again <laughs> it is yeah, yeah. Uh, uh you know if you told me that aki never learned anything from anything i would not be surprised uh it really explains <laughs> a lot more of the show uh, one of aki's closest I, I friends, I guess I don't I don't know how he would define his relationship with uh, Henry, but they were very close emotionally, at least. Yeah, and yeah. Henry was so incredibly traumatized by the idea by putting his meta be dead brain inside of this arc beetle that he carried that shame with him forever, and until he he stopped carrying that shame with him. But for a while there, it, it was a lot of shame. <laughs> And I guess Aki's like, well, this kid doesn't have that trauma. It's going to be fine. Yeah, he didn't cause like the eight days of darkness or anything. So we can, uh, yeah, right. it'll be it'll be cool. We'll make another one. Uh, <laughs> this meta is not even remotely fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a cool little dude. Like, uh, uh, but yeah, we find out what the cowboy training simulator is. Um, it's filled with Keith turtles and meta maids. And they have to go and kill as many Keith Turtles as they can without harming any of the Metamades. Which uh, is fucked up. Yeah. Um, because Metamades are living <laughs> things. They're they're people. And their yeah. existence is to be hopefully not shot at. That's the best <laughs> they can hope for is they're ignored. Yeah. Uh, it's it makes sense in like what the kind of thing that they're they're gesturing at uh of the you know yeah. you go go through your police training thing and you shoot the cardboard cutouts of bad guys and you yeah, don't shoot are... the cardboard cutouts of hostages or whatever but those are cardboard yes, they cutouts, all are not living coworkers. people uh, yeah <laughs> um so uh zuru goes first with Ty- uh, tyrell beetle uh and it fucking rules he turns into a sick car uh and is like way more maneuverable than you think he would be um uh but zero has to like purposely flub it at cert- at a certain point so that people thinks that that he sucks at metabots um which mm-hmm. he does uh and then it's metabee's turn and archbeetle is just way too heavy um the the screws kind of show up in a corner and see metabee's real body all alone uh so genkai sends in uh unitrix to take some video footage uh, that gets sent off to um, uh, Cam. Uh, you know, B accidentally almost kills a maid. He can't control his immense, powerful uh, gun arms. Uh, and uh, Genkai go- goes ahead and tells uh, the screws to steal Metabee's body. And uh, an alarm goes off, and then he has Unitrix show up to distract everybody in the process. 
Also, Unitrix, by yeah. the way, still looks amazing. Yes. You, Such I a good design. Love Unitrix. Love that they just gave Unitrix a ponytail. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Uh, Genkai does challenge them and says that if uh, he switches the metal out of Arc Beetle and into Metabee, then that's cheating. Um which is wild for him to say. Uh, also wild that anybody yeah. cares about cheating, considering that, you know, uh, Mr. Referee is nowhere to be seen anymore. Yeah. Uh, so well, that Genkai goes, ah, 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 which, again, I love. He's just a little shit in <laughs> owning it. And he goes, exchanging parts after the battle begun is against the rules. And he's like, yeah, but what do you care? He goes, oh, I don't care, but you do. And he's yeah. like, ah, damn, Medibi, we gotta be Arc Beetle for this. And Medibi's like, I <laughs> guess, yeah. <laughs> Right, and uh, I was also talking about this before we recorded, and this is definitely me doing some of, like, (laughs) some deep reading into Damashi and, like, Metabots in general that maybe isn't intended, but I don't care what was intended, I'm I'm making my reading. (laughs) It, It implies that the ubiquity of Mr. Referee in the age where Metabots and Meta fighters were prevalent was, like, such a strong cultural and like almost a material force in people's lives like the threat of mr referee and the threat of the sanctions that he can impose right are such a strong presence like an undeniable fact of existence that even in his absence it causes people in those contexts who who existed in that space to act as though he were still present they have taken on the role of refereeing or one might say policing themselves into their own hands even in the absence of the direct threat that is mr referee um much like michel foucault predicted uh, in his <laughs> thought experiment of the panopticon yeah uh it, it is very panopticonic which i thought is really funny especially because you do have genkai there being like <laughs> that that shit actually sucks you don't have to listen to the rules what are you doing yeah but, uh, you know, Icky and Metabi have, I, I, they are so obsessed with the idea of, like, the proper row battle spirit that, yes, of course, they are still going to follow these rules, even if your fun friend, Mr. Referee, does not pop out of a, a crate here in, like, <sighs> uh, you know, a workman uniform. He could have, he could have popped out dressed as a cowboy and say, bang, bang, it's time to row battle. <laughs> or he could have been in old timey, like, long johns. Yeah. Oh, he could have been a prospector. Yeah, he, he could have been I made. I miss Mr. Referee so much. <laughs> Ref in peace. Yeah, uh, we we don't know where Mr. Referee is. We do not know who has control of his his kill satellite. Uh, these are mysteries that we need answered, Damashi. Uh, he does have also, a kill satellite. Way, yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> it, before we move on, I just got. I gotta say, that's another one of the excellent voice acting choices that they made. That makes me so sad. That he's gone. Mr. Referee was so well cast. Yeah. <laughs> Just, oh, man. I, oh, I don't know. Like, that's, that's, I know, you know, like, uh, Mitch, you were saying you were, like, 25% joking about uh, this show wouldn't have existed without Coach Man Mountain. This yeah. show would never have been popular without Mr. Referee. No, absolutely, absolutely. not. Yeah. That's why <laughs> no, I didn't no, choose no, no, him no. as an example, because that's too, yeah. <laughs> I had to have a little joke in there. Yeah. For comedy. Um. We've been recording almost an hour, and we're yeah, like let's get, a yeah, third let's, of the way through this episode. We, we could, we could, I oh, can get, it. I can get through the rest of this episode pretty quickly. Uh, so, um, you know, they they get into a fight. Uh, 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 
Arc Beetle like goes down an alleyway and gets stuck because he can't turn around. So he just has to back that big fat butt up that's covered in armor to take Unitrix's uh, shots until he can get to the point where he can do like a backflip and then shoot Unitrix in the back or something. Um, uh, this is when they find out that Metabee has been stolen. Um, and, uh, you know, a car pulls up in the, the parking lot, the, the screws hop in with the body and they drive off, um, uh, you know, uh, Unitrix, oh, Unitrix ran out of ammo. That's, that's why he was able to do a backflip apparently. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, Genkai gets dragged out by security and, um, they can't, uh, even though Metabee's gone, uh, uh, Icky tries to transport the parts back, but he gets a transport parts error. Uh, and that's when they go looking for him. They find his, they find Metabee's body tied up in the subway with a neutralizing energy net over top of him. And uh, Cam says they'll, he, they'll let him have the body back, but he's got to defeat both Unitrix and Exor in a, a meta fight in the subway tunnel. Because I guess this is just this is what we're gonna get uh, uh, get into, uh, and uh, you know they they go off into um, uh, uh, the tunnel. Zuru sneaks away uh, to go grab uh, Dorcas, most likely, uh, and uh, deep in this in the subway tunnel, Arc Beetle is is having problems. He gets ambushed. Uh, jams his cannons into a big pile of goop, which makes him explode when he fires them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when Unitrix and Exor tackle him and tie him to the train tracks to get run over by a subway car. Because Cam is just, Cam has finally figured out how to be a villain. Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, first of all, the animation in this episode is uh, back to normal, I would say, for Metabots, yes. which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, very good. <laughs> it is also very fun to see Arc Beetle move with personality. Uh, once B gets used to the body, like mm-hmm. he starts moving, and like you see head tilts, you see you see the character coming out of this metabot, which we didn't see even mm-hmm. last series because I, I know the dub and the sub differed on this, but the uh, the arc beetle of the last series uh, didn't have a personality because again <laughs> he had a zombie brain in his body, um, so he didn't move. It was just stiff, much like we saw at the beginning of this before Metabi uh, warmed up to his new body. And I'm big right. fan of that. That's great. Yeah. Also, Zero is an asshole for outs. leaving his friend to die, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I also want to do a quick shout out here to Cam, I, someone who I normally would not give any props for, for actually following through on the thematic through line of the Western style training mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To go do some Western villain stuff where he's like, I'm going to tie you to the train tracks. Yeah. The, uh, the, the minute I realize they're tying him down to the train tracks, I'm just like, this fucking rules. This is the best. Uh, Cam brought Cam him here just for villain. that. Yeah. He was, yeah. Oh, shit. I get to do this. All right. Yeah. Let's let's tie him down to tracks. Yeah. Uh, this... I think that in order to make Cam shine, you just need to give him a little bit more thematic restriction. It's like you need to start doing theme crimes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what the Rubber Robos were so good at. And Cam just needs uh, to just really get into some themed crimes. <laughs> Robo in peace. Um, so Genkai starts freaking out. And he goes, hey, there's a train coming. Our metabots will be destroyed, too. And Cam's like, okay, who cares? I'll just get us new yeah. ones. And Genkai's like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Uh, also, Icky finally notices the big button on his meta watch that says fire the big fucking laser. Uh, um, and so, so they it, do that. Uh, what does it actually say? <laughs> um, I, I didn't, I didn't write it down. Uh, it, I think it was like a, it was like a special attack button or something. <laughs> Cause in the sub it's called appendix. 
I'm okay. like, oh, oh shit. There's I, a, so I was like, oh, there's additional rules here. All right, click that button. Let's read the additional rules. And then it's like, oh no, it's it's a gun. It's a gun called appendix. You know, the classic name of gun, appendix. Yeah. Uh, but it's it is the classic arc beetle like energy rail gun between his two horns, uh, and he charges it up and fires it. Penelope uh, shouts, "This feels funky." Uh, in just a really great way. Uh, And that blasts everybody away. It frees Metabee, and uh, he manages to escape just in time. Uh, Cam is, like, fed up with this and is like, all right, cool, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna renege on our deal. I'm gonna throw Metabee's body in front of the train. Uh, when that's when, uh, you know, we get finally Sam a little bit back to normal. Peppercat jumps in at last minute, grabs Metabee's body and saves her from the train. And, uh, yeah, um, just in time for Zuru and Dorcas to show up and do nothing. (laughs) So I'm, uh, I, I am a little confused here by Cam. So, um, Arc Beetle beat him. And they had no chance of beating Arc Beetle. They do have a lot of good chances of beating Metabee, and they do quite often. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want your opponent to be weaker so that way you could destroy him? I, I mean, Cam does like <laughs> fights being strong for the sake of fights being strong. And he does like killing things. So, like, I guess it tracks. But on the other hand, I, it wouldn't be more uh, fun I think for it him. Was like, I think for him it was a moral or a psychological victory. I guess. It's like, it's about really dealing the low blow. Yeah. And, like, I, shaking them to their core. He's not yeah, getting it's, enough it's, respect. Look, I have to kill a friend to get respect on this show. I'm going to do it. I think it's less that he, uh, um, like, is, like, worried about Icky and Metabi having too much power and more just he really hates Icky and wants to fuck with him. <laughs> Look, I came down here to smash a, a Metabot underneath a railroad so I can get a flattened Metabot for my collection. And I'm going to do it, damn it. <laughs> Uh, this is, uh, you know, as, as, uh, Cam escapes, uh, you know, Sam tries to hide the fact that she's a dirty collaborator who was helping the entire time. Uh, but you know, in the end, uh, lets it slip that yes, they were the ones who kidnapped Metabee's body. And, uh, this is played for laughs and will probably, uh, you know, not change. And we will just be stuck with the same, uh, Sam being a traitor every episode, uh, arc that I guess we're, we're locked into. <laughs> We do get a good screen of Sam with a fang, though. We do. Yeah. <laughs> At least they are still animating Sam well. Uh, oh man. Um, but uh, hopefully this next episode. Uh, I don't. I don't think we're going to get too locked in on this one. This is a pretty pretty quick and easy one. But this is the bee rescues the honey. <laughs> yeah. There's not nearly as much going on with this one. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say I I watched this episode like three times in preparation for the. For the show, mm-hmm. good. Um, not because it was so good, like it it was like it's a perfectly fine episode, but it kept like washing over me in some ways. Yeah, I get it. Like I just sort of like That's find myself water. coming up for air. <laughs> uh, at a certain point, like maybe like fifteen minutes in, and I'm like, oh, whoa, we're we're here already. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's also just I'm I'm excited to see what the sub has to say about this because uh, looking back to the start of this episode, uh, Genkai gets it like rushes home, gets an email from Cam, and it's a bad email that he's upset about, and they never that's this is never connected into the actual main conflict of the show. So I took they, a screenshot of they, the of the uh, email, and okay, I'm uh, really the information is from because uh, uh, Cam's name is Kukuru uh, in um in the sub, and it's. Uh, Kukuryu at deathmedrot.com. 
to Genkai at deathmedrotnet dot. <laughs> and then yeah. the date and the subject is, hello, Genkai. And that's <laughs> all the information we get. <laughs> so that is also what we got in the in the show, except it yeah. was Cam. Yeah. Um, this is hello, Genkai. And I think they tie it in a little bit at the end. Like, they... I think that Genkai has a line, yeah, he but says I don't what it understand is. it. Yeah, it's, he says he was going to bring his Metabot to Cam. That was that was the oh. uh, yeah yeah he was, uh, was going to bring a Metabot <laughs> to Cam, and that was the whole thing. The Killabot. Does, I'm sorry, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, this does not make right. sense given what the actual conflict of the episode is. Uh, none of this makes sense. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, deeply confused. They, they do explain that though. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's a pretty good bit. Uh, also, I gotta say, the picture of Cam's face on that email yeah. is great. Yeah, it's the <laughs> it's best he's ever good. looked. Yeah, just man. He, he doesn't look actively ghoulish. He just kind of looks like he's vibing. He does look it's stoned nice. as hell. I will say that. Oh yeah, no, he's he's been through a couple a couple edibles or something. Yeah. But, uh, um, oh man. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Genkai's got a sister. And yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we're going to get, you know, he's going to be that overprotective brother type or she's going to be a bratty meanie and that yeah. bullies him. Mm-hmm. Either way, that is more characterization for Genkai, which is more characterization than Zero has gotten in this one <laughs> episode. Well, Genkai gets right, more yeah. character than all of Zero. Yeah. Genkai is becoming the deuteragonist of this show. Yeah. Uh, d- yeah, Genkai, truly the actual main character of Metabots Damashi. Uh, it, it is so fun when, like, you, like, clearly see that, like, somebody on the writing or animation team just loves one character and just will not stop, like, making sure that they're, they're in yeah. everything. Uh, I, another, I, I feel like, la- yeah. <laughs> the other big problem here is mysterious characters are boring. Yeah. If they're around uh, a lot, have them pop in we, once every four episodes and disappear. Sure. Rakusho was mm-hmm. mysterious for a while. He was the mysterious Metabot. But then we got to know him, and he was a goofball who hung out with a parrot. Even, That's fine. Even when he was mysterious, we still we still kind of understood what yeah. his deal was. Uh, we still don't understand why Zero hates Killabots. It's... No. Yeah. <laughs> and they also, I feel like, did it well in terms of... Because they, they weren't trying to make the Phantom Renegade actually mysterious. But they were playing within that trope space in an interesting way because there's the obvious conflict of, like, this is obviously Henry. Well, like, like, uh, I don't don't know if I would say that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, but, you know, clearly they were different people. Who who could ever truly say? Yeah. I suppose. You're right. You're right. My bad. Now, we do know Uh, for a fact, at least at one point in time, the, um, the uh, Space Metafighter X was Phantom Thief Retort, at least at one point yeah. in time. But yeah. we don't know much more than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, and Henry and Hikaru are clearly different people. Absolutely. Well, Very different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I disagree on that one. <laughs> don't um, try to read the katakana on his name badge. His name is Hikaru <laughs> in the sub. I just called him Henry for the show because it was easier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
it, it is very funny when they start going back and forth between Henry and Hikaru in the dub, though. Uh, yeah. But, uh, um, you know, speaking of Henry, uh, she's she's doing very well. Uh, she's she's like neck deep in repairing parts in her shop. And uh, Honey is helping her, um, you know, uh, finish, you know, do inventory, finish all the stuff up. And, you know, she like, now is just like repairing one arm after the other. It seems like all she's doing is arm parts right now. And so Honey offers to go deliver one of these finished arms to some little child somewhere for her. Um, and this is, I guess, where we're going to get the 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 what this episode is about, because she runs into a crying child who has lost a balloon up in a tree. So Honey floats up there, gets the balloon, ties it to a rock, drops it down to the kid, um, but manages to somehow uh, see Genkai doing something through a window nearby. And that's bad. Yeah. Uh, Very good. <laughs> Um, so, uh, before we continue this episode, I want to, um, I I want all three of us to really just acknowledge the fact, from what I've read, this is the most characterization we get out of Honey for the rest of the series. She essentially goes back into the background (laughs) as a, um, a line dispenser for the rest of the show, from my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I want us to really just enjoy the time we have with, um, a character who's going to be gone, essentially. Still in the background. But uh, basically a static drawing from now on. Uh, this show is just awful to female characters. It really yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, Icky and Metabi happen by uh, to uh, get, oh. get some parts repaired. Um, I'm sorry. Real we- quick. One more thing. Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> uh, the little girl says, thank you, Metabot sister. To okay, which Honey yeah. says, thank you. And I'm like, all right, yeah. <laughs> all right, we're good. Yeah, I love it. We when love when kids. children interact. Yeah, <laughs> Mister Mister mm-hmm. Metabot, Metabot brother, Metabot sister. I love it. All right, uh, I'm, so, I'm done interrupting. Um, okay, like you're minutes. fine. Uh, Icky and Metabot show up to uh, get some parts repaired, uh, or, or to pick up a repaired part. Uh, and Honey's not there to help out, so Nye just tells them to to find it in the giant pile. Um, uh, it seems like uh, perhaps uh, Icky and Metabot are planning on stealing some parts. Icky really wants to get a pair of wings, apparently. And this is when uh, Tetsuo shows up, who is the kid that uh, Honey was supposed to deliver that part to. And that's what uh, clues everybody into something bad has happened to Honey. I'm sorry. Hold on. His name is Tetsuo? Yes. That's a different Japanese name than what he has in the sub. <laughs> what's, his, what's his name <laughs> in the sub? <laughs> it's like uh, like Shimaru or something like that. Okay. Wow. But- <laughs> it's completely different. <laughs> yeah. So... They still gave him a Japanese name, but he's a different name. Just really big fans of Tetsuo the Iron Man. Uh, really wanted to tie in that uh, that that art house horror film into Metabots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is a good episode. Yeah. From that um, alone, I'm happy. Uh, we then cut to Genkai, who has Honey tied up in uh, the abandoned bowling alley. Um, and uh, he's talking about how she can't tell uh, anyone, uh, what she saw him doing. So he's going to erase her memory, uh, and is going to do it by plugging in a giant plug into her back, but he doesn't have, he only has a kilobot plug. He doesn't have a metabot plug. Uh, so he's got to go get a new one. Did it, it, this is the first time I've ever noticed that all metabots have a giant plug in the back of their torso. Is that, is that just me or is that everybody? Um, sometimes they have it. Sometimes they don't. I just was a big fan of uh, proprietary plugs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. My metabot doesn't run Thunderbolt. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, truly brave of uh, of Cam trying to get Type C uh, USB ports just to really take off here. Uh, yeah, it's very funny. Yeah, you um, know, Meta, Meta B has a yeah. mini USB port. And now I'm just imagining, um, like one of those awful chain chains of converters. That, like I oh. sometimes had to do to make things work, where it's, you've got like three separate inputs. Yeah. Uh, until it actually gets to the thing that's working, and they're, like, very delicate. If you want to charge your Metabot, you gotta just be like, chill. Please don't move. Um, uh, for a while, uh, I, my, cause I have a, I have a, a MacBook, and, uh, you know, terrible lightning wire-only ports on, on this damn thing. Uh, yeah. for a while, the way that I had to, uh, read and write onto a micro US, uh, uh, USB card was, take the micro USB card, put it into the regular USB card adapter, put that into a USB card to USB adapter, and then put that in a USB to lightning wire dongle. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the stuff I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I got going here with my laptop right now. <laughs> that's how I have a micro SD card for a backup hard drive. Is yeah. I have like four uh, connections. Is that what you're actively recording to? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. I have some. Yeah, I was class. gonna say that seems like a lossy nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> I've got some class. That oh, is what man. I uh, save everything to. Okay, uh, that's why it takes uh, me twenty so, minutes to process an episode. Yeah, uh, nine. And the gang do find the lost part, but no honey. Uh, this is with this is right outside of Ginkai's house where they catch him running out uh, with his with the proper uh, Metabot um, uh, charging port. And uh, they ask him if they've seen Honey around because they're looking for him. And he's incredibly nervous and says, no, I haven't. Why would I have ever done that? And, and runs away. And that's where they're like, okay, clearly he's lying. And they follow him to the, the old bowling alley. Um, and Metabee gets to do a good uh, Deus Ex uh, air duct sneaking mission, um, which is they find just in time to see Genkai plugging in a plug into a, a Honey to reset her uh, memory. And Dai tells him to get in there and stop it. <laughs> It's also very funny to me that this gigantic plug is the only way to mess with your Metabot's memory, which is like, on the one hand, I guess it's good that you have to do something that clunky. On the other hand, it just seems like a really weird way to go about it. Well, yeah, you would you would think that with the like meta, especially the new meta watch, like you could just handle all this by putting the metal into the watch. Yeah, I thought it would be a watch function. Yeah. So my big problem is uh, these last two episodes are the only times we like so far that we've seen a way to review and possibly edit a metabot's memory before their memory was yeah. part of themselves. Like something you couldn't change, like, you know, like our memory, yeah. but now they're like, Oh, well, they're still machines. You can still rewrite their brain. And <laughs> we're, we're getting more and more into the, I thought we left, I thought we left behind metabots or robots behind and they are just mechanical golems. But, but now we're going back to the robots thing again. And I'm, not a big fan of being able well, to edit brains like that. It, it's strange, and I'm also curious because I guess I didn't talk about this too much in the last episode. I didn't talk about this at all. Uh, but the way that things work in Metabots like implies that there is like a canonized Cartesian dualism that that sort of governs the way that souls and bodies interact. Mm-hmm. That is the idea that like. Uh, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what Cartesian dualism is, because... Because <laughs> you're boring. I, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I just wouldn't expect anyone to 
have to know what Cartesian dualism is. <laughs> Descartes dead so so long. Yeah. <laughs> um. But it's basically the idea that your body and your soul or your mind are separate things, and your soul, uh, which might exist in your pineal gland per Descartes' writings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um. I mean, where else would it go, really? (laughs) And moves your body around like some sort of ghost in a machine. Um, And you you definitely have that with the metal, being like, hey, this is literally the soul that you plug in, and it it animates the flesh. And I am now really drawn into a curiosity that the show is never going to sate. As we talk more about this concern of where is the data stored? Because I almost assumed... That this, especially when they're talking about doing this to Metabi, like looking at his combat data, I assumed that his combat data was something that was stored uh, either in his tin pet or like in his parts, as opposed to mm. something that was related to his metal. Like I, you but know, I don't know that, and then I don't know where this is going with see, Honey either, especially yeah. because it is requiring interface with her like whole meta rig, but. That's the only way to interface with the metal if you're not using a meta watch. So mm-hmm. it's there's a lot going on. See, I can it's, see it's a thing that I their okay, camera what? eyes recording information. But like, would they have a separate hard drive just for backup data? Uh, having a backup data communicate with your soul is also kind of fucky. <laughs> like, like the <laughs> yes, entire no, exactly. idea like, of recording something and then also having a living soul that you can take out. Because all their memories are in their metal. Because when you take it out and you put it in a different body, it's not its not a different person. It, it is right, the they're, same. They're not experiencing, like, physicalized yeah. memories based on the hardware that they're yeah. engaging in. And it's not even as though there's, like, a split where you carry some, like, memory or self-essence in the metal. It, why, it is, like, it's a full split. That's it's why a full split. Metabee had such a hard time. It was a brand new body in every way. I think this is, like, a way that I kind of don't like the way that Dimashi is, like, muddled what the the different aspects of a metabot are, though. Because, like, in, mm-hmm. in like, a, a, a Series 1, like, it was very clear that the tin pet is a skeleton. The parts are what makes the skeleton move. The metal mm-hmm. is what animates the metabot. And Absolutely. in this, right. like, like, in addition to the how that they've kind of, like, backed away from, like, changing parts a lot... And, like, uh, you know, how much more, like, singular the Metabot is as a whole unit. Like, now, like, the the Tin Pet does a lot of the locomotion. And it seems like maybe the Tin Pet is also storing some of the memory and stuff. But also, like, the Metabot has their full memory when they're just the metal in a watch, too. Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. there is, it's so muddled as to what it is just to seem to get to, like, an end point that is the Metabots are a little bit more recognizable and a little bit more, like brand marketable as as individuals that it's like i don't know uh i i i think like quinn you're absolutely right to like just immediately be disappointed because it's very clearly they're not going to do anything with any of this Uh, no 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 (laughs) and uh i do a podcast where i watch and review episodes of the cw program riverdale yeah so like Mm -hmm. this is not my first time at the rodeo yeah Um, (laughs) but riverdale's answered every single question i ever had yeah. <laughs> Which is, are these two going to kiss? And the answer is almost always yes, eventually. Yeah. Almost almost always yes, yeah. yeah. Um it it just it sucks that that it raises these interesting questions if you want to engage with them in that way. But also 
you can sort of like distance yourself from that position and see what they're doing is they're just trying to make something glossable for the purpose of a story that mm-hmm. needs to take place over 22 minutes. Yeah. What, um, what I also think might be happening here, kind of uh, muddying up uh, our vision of Metabots, is Metabots Damashi ties a lot more into um, some of the video games, from what I understand. And I know the mm-hmm. video game Metabots and the anime Metabots are very different ways they approach how these <laughs> machines work. Um and I, I think by pulling from those fictions into our, you know, pristine Metabots world, uh, we're getting a, a lot of, like, background noise, essentially, of, like, the fake things that we're going down. And I'm not, again, uh, I, I think part of this is um, having all those things. And I don't think we have our A-team back. I think we have, like, a lot of our good animators back. And a, a lot of the good team is back. But it, it does feel like they're just kind of winging the story still granted we're Mm -hmm. 13 episodes in but um it last series felt like they had a strong endpoint from the beginning of the show and this feels like they have some ideas of where they're going to take it and they're just trying to figure out how to get there and by pulling in all sorts of other uh concepts from the games and everything else and kind of mashing it all together they're hoping it's going to work and that's that's the feeling i'm getting yeah so they have pulled more from the video games one thing i am glad that they haven't pulled in from the video games uh playing the gba game that you know mm-hmm. made it to america mm-hmm. i know where you're going with this uh, and i agree <laughs> is uh is the sexed uh tin pet skeletons yeah like the, the sexed tin pets are weird they're so weird metabots <laughs> is so gendered like y- your bones are you have girl bones so you can't use a boy gun even if you're designed by something else or your bugs like it's all weird and, and gross right <laughs> and and like I, I mentioned in the chat, and I, I think I mentioned on the show before, I got a bad case of RNG, so I got a girl tin pet, but no girl parts to put on the tin pet. So I literally could not so, complete a section without going back and trying to find girl parts. I could not play the game you... further because it got too gendered for me. <laughs> was that when the lady in the house offers you, like, two presents? Uh, I'm... I got to the part right before Icky falls into the river. So I'm pretty far oh, back. Yeah, I, I didn't get as far as you. Because <laughs> no, I, so like, I what could I'm not about... go. I had one full metabot and then one metabot that had one gun on it. And that's all I could do. Okay, so, because the situation I was dealing with, I didn't get my first female tin pet until after I got washed down the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had two, two male tin pets, and then an old lady pulls you out of the river and lets you pick you can pick a small box or a big box and the small box has a male tin pet and one dollar in it and the big box (laughs) has a female tin pet and one meta part in it and i'm like oh i don't have any female metabots yet Mm -hmm. so i'll i'll do that and it was bad and they exist to do really gendered stuff too (laughs) it sucks it sucks uh also if for some change like on the off chance that anyone listening decides to try to play the game, when you get your first alternate metabot, when you get to choose your first metal, don't pick the anti-air metal. No. They're very good against other flying metabots, but they will do three damage to almost anything else, <laughs> and it is grueling. Yeah. Uh, metabots has got a lot of weird stuff about about everything in those combat games. Um, I, I played... So, me- so weird. I played the phone game metabot s it's probably the best 
it is definitely the best Metabot game I've played. Uh, it's probably probably one of the best ones they've made. I'm just going to blanketly assume. Um, and they give you so many parts. Almost after every fight, you get additional parts. So I had plenty of female parts for my female tin pets, and that was fine. I only the grossness of the designs really put me off some of them, but the rest of them, you know, I at least got a fight with my ladies, which was nice. It was a good change of pace. It's cathartic. Yeah, yeah, and I feel the pull to talk about a lot more of the mechanical weirdness. I'm also feeling the pull to make good to a promise that I made <laughs> to my friend Colin about not making this thing run on forever. No, no y'all are good. Uh, <laughs> with this, this is technically a podcast about Metabots Damashi and not the game, so I will get us back on track. Um, if I can remember where we were... Uh, oh, yeah, so Metabee jumps in to save uh, Honey, and... Uh, wouldn't you know it, uh, he starts blasting, um, and, uh, you know, manages to, uh, free Honey by, by one, shooting the cable, uh, hooked up to her back, and also shooting her free of, of what's tying her to the couch or whatever she's tied up to. Um, uh, Genkai transports Unitrix in, and, uh, they, chases them around the abandoned bowling alley, and they escape into the sewer system. Uh, where uh, Honey is about to explain what she saw Genkai doing before Unitrix shoots her hover parts, and uh, she and Metabi get washed away by, I assume, somebody flushing a toilet or something. Uh, and we then just get a sequence of Iki and I opening up manholes and shouting down into the sewer, but they, they can't find them, and so Nai has to tell Iki to go home to his parents. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, it's it's sad. They're just, they're lost. Uh. <laughs> yeah, they are all out of love. They're so lost without each other. There, There's a weird part that happens when Iki goes home, though, mm-hmm. that felt strange to me. Yeah. And I don't know if this was in the sub or not. But I'm, re- I'm like, really interested to find out what the sub had in this section. Because, uh. like, he's clearly distraught about Metapi not being there, you know? Um, they're like... In my opinion, in my read of this, this is worse than your pet going missing, even if uh, Dr. Aki keeps insisting that they're toys. Like, that is his best friend, and he doesn't know where he is or if he's safe. Like, that is mm-hmm. yeah. very difficult. And uh, Iki's mom plays off as like, haha, it's fine, don't worry, go to bed. When your dad and I were younger, your dad would just be gone all night. And yeah, and then uh, you hear his dad go, oh, you. And it's just kind of like, one, it does confirm that they are swingers. Um, Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, it's like definitely, I don't know, weird to finally have Icky's parents back in frame again. And this seems they're not actually in frame. They are out of frame. I was going to say that. (laughs) They're literally out of frame. We, yeah, we get a fuzzy shot of Mrs. Tenryo for like two seconds. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. She walks through the background or the foreground or something. Uh, um, uh, I'm going to guess that, in the sub, they just don't say anything at all. Uh, no, that's actually word for word, almost. Okay. Um, yeah, completely hinting that uh, uh, Mr. Tenryu, you know, would just be gone some nights. And, well, you know, that was fine. I, Chidori probably also had plans that night. Him making himself scarce was probably good for both of them. That's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The, the fucked up thing here isn't the implication because, again, like, we're all cool with it. Like, that's how they're living their lives, and that's great. As long as they're happy. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, the fact that Chidori isn't it's, it's upset way- that her favorite son is missing is fucked up, though. Yeah. Like, she, she loves Yemeta exactly. yeah. more yeah. than Icky. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, Icky yeah. doesn't love his mom as much as Medibi loves his mom. So. It's very, it's very strange. Yeah. Uh, 
Also, just real quick touch on the video games here. I find it interesting the difference in how the parents are portrayed in that Mrs. Tenryo is kind of more of a hard ass and Mr. Tenryo just like shows up and is like, here, I got you a present. Like, don't worry yeah. about your your mom. <laughs> well, because in the in video games, traditionally, uh, you have a single mom and a at least absent father. <laughs> so that's kind of what's going on there is Mr. Right. Chidori is mostly a single mom in that game, and her yep. lazy, good-for-nothing husband shows up, disobeys her, gives a watch to her kid, and goes, hey, you know, just travel the world fighting robots. I don't care. All right, bye. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, their lack of worry about Metabi is strange, as is their deployment of this as a comforting tactic for their child. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very strange parental move, in my opinion. Yeah, no. it's like I, I'm not quite following where they're going. Yeah, like if 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 Icky was older, like this, it'd be like, oh yeah, you know, like Metabi just he's he's out doing his own thing. You need to trust him or whatever. But like when it's like a young child, like there's no way Icky is older than twelve. Like this yeah. is a traumatic experience for him. Like this is bad. Uh, <laughs> All right. they needed to say was he's fine. He's literally made of guns. And yeah. then, okay, yeah, I get it. Why am I worried? Everyone else should be worried that there's a loose meta be around. Yeah. yeah. Um, we do get Icky sulking and being sad in the dark, though, and uh, seeing mm -hmm. meta be in reflections and, you know, thinking about the good times. Uh, and then he sees his dog hanging out with a cat in the backyard. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I do love all of, like, the ghost lines that wind up coming up here where you yeah. can hear, like, the audio of memories of the two of them. Yeah, that doesn't come very through good. in the sub, it's... which is great. Oh. <laughs> He's just sitting there quietly, just very sad with somber music. And then eventually he hears like a can rattling outside and it was Salty and a cat playing. But like, yeah. other than that, it's just completely silent with just some like sad music notes. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> It's the, the the best the best sub portions are always when like we get like eight lines of dialogue and it's like oh what did the sub do nothing, <laughs> which I think makes the sub a little bit more confident in its own storytelling. It's um, in Dimashi, yes, in the original series, like there is there is so much like good punch up that the mm -hmm. the localization does that mm -hmm. it's like uh you know extra little bits of character and like things that really do make it like a watchable show um but yeah Damashi by the yeah. most part uh they're adding in things like uh uh, you know, like every time that uh, uh, Rox is on screen and we get the Rakusho flute whistle, does not exist in the sub. Not at all. Absolutely zero connection at all. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, that's even weirder though. <laughs> they don't. That's make, so weird. They don't make the conscious connection there between uh, yeah. Dorcas and Rakusho. Amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say except for amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we cut over to Nai, who's still out there looking. She gets confronted by the police for trying to, like, open up manhole covers, um, and runs away from them. Uh, now, now <laughs> clearly she lost her knack for breaking into places, but that is the same nervous laughter when she gets yeah. caught. <laughs> like, 100% exactly the same nervous laughter, beat for beat, especially in the sub. It's perfect. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't uh, have written it better myself. <laughs> 
Uh, we cut down to B and Honey in the sewers. Um, you know, Honey can't move because her legs are broken. Uh, and, you know, B tries to comfort her and give her hope. And, uh, you know, they'll definitely make it out of here. He hits off to, to go uh, search around for a way out. And uh, similarly, uh, uh, in the darkness of the sewer, starts to see Icky in his own reflection. And uh, even though he said that, you know, oh, he, he he's so happy to be away from Icky and not be under somebody's thumb, uh, is also sad that his best friend is not here. Uh, it's it's very good. This is like every un- slightly annoying episode in the first two seasons where Icky and Metabi would fight. But just kind of like, it's good to touch back on. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. the appropriate little, little salt shaker of these two boys being sad that they aren't with each other any- right now. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I think that this stuff is probably where the episode is the strongest, which is kind of funny because it does come from like a strange place, but it's not even rooted mm. in as much artificial conflict as it usually is. Yeah. Like it just kind of, it feels a little bit more natural. Yeah. And so I, I can believe that. I don't, it sounds like you might disagree, Mitch. <laughs> I, I think the episode is strongest when it's trying to be speed starring Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll get to that. That is some interesting stuff. Right? I yeah. think I think any time Keanu Reeves gets even maybe thought of during Metabots is when it's at its strongest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah the sad the emotional day. feeling stuff is also good. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. no it, one's climbing on the other like, side yeah. of a bu- of like a van to shut it down. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that, that was actually yeah the the perfect. sad stuff does uh, i i do think it's really good at kind of like uh pointing back to uh, a character arc that happened in a completely different show in a way that feels good and feels like it's acknowledging that 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 character arc is done but still like you know keeping up with this this quasi rivalry adversarial relationship that they have every once in a while as as siblings tend to have um but yeah, we cut to the next day. Icky gets woken up by Nye's truck horn. Uh, they're both sleepy, but they're ready to get back to the search. Uh, we get a cute little moment of just them, like, you know, blushing and being happy that they can get back to finding their two best friends. Um, uh, B and Honey wake up, too, in the depths of the sewer, where it's, you know, finally, you know, lights pouring in from the street up above, and they can kind of figure out how to get out. Uh, Metabee refuses to leave Honey behind and convinces her to let her, uh, her piggyback ride on him. Uh, and they find a ladder and they escape, escape up into a parking lot um, where Genkai has tracked them because he put a tracking device on Honey. Uh, <laughs> Which is kind of messed yeah. up. Um, we, he, we see tied uh, up. a big muscly guy walking around. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Genkai does get actually a, a half-decent one-liner, though. <laughs> when they come up and they're like, oh my god, where are we? And he's looming above them and he says... A parking lot, otherwise known as the end of the road. <laughs> it's very, that is very good. good. Uh, yeah. Uh, Genkai, just the greatest mid-boss villain we've had. <laughs> Love him. Um, uh, we do, uh, like, uh, uh, Honey's worried that uh, Vetevi is too tired to be able to fight, which doesn't make sense because, what, just a couple episodes we found out that he they only charge his battery once a year? Uh, yeah. yeah, but he's sleeping. Um, Charging yeah. your battery and sleeping, those are very different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess you do have to turn off the sleep debuff using the meta watch, and they're not they're not close enough to be connected or whatever. Look, um, look <laughs> Colin, your body's made with a lot of things and is powered by electricity, correct? Sleeping Theoretically, doesn't give you, yeah, I guess. <laughs> sleeping doesn't give you more electricity. It just makes That's your brain true. work better. Okay, I assume... Yeah. 
remember, Metabee is just a little metal boy. <laughs> that is what Metabee means. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's Japanese for tiny little boy, a tiny metal boy. Um, yeah. Uh, so bees decide he's going to play this smart, uh, by distracting Genkai and then running out into the parking lot. Uh, uh, Unitrix, uh, follows and they, but it loses them, switches to infrared mode and they're able to find him in a, uh, him in a honey in a truck. So they also charge into the truck, um, and in the process actively, uh, accidentally activate its auto drive function. So the truck begins to drive away. Genkai hops into the back of it. Uh, the big muscly truck driver is like, Hey, where are you going with my truck? Um, and, uh, yeah, they just, the Unitrix only knows how to kill and therefore will keep shooting its gun inside of the, the cab of this truck and damages the auto drive function. So they are now just wildly, wildly careening back and forth on a highway. Um, and th- is this where we get where the show just says its themes blatantly? Uh, yeah, I believe so. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, Quinn, I know you were very excited by this, of the fact that, uh, uh, fucking uh, Genkai gives Unitrix the, the command to to uh stop the truck, uh, and Unitrix responds back with error. He does not have a stop truck attack. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's like he is freaking out, and it's so funny because he keeps trying it over and over and over again. Yeah, and as it's like okay, and it like it really feels like it's like more slowly iterating like. That's not an attack. If you want anything to happen, you need to give me an attack to do. Uh, so it feels like they're really hammering home and getting you to the point where you're supposed to just understand um, through what they've they've shown us already, right? Because he's a he's a kilobot, and the thing about kilobots is they don't have a soul. They're only produced for combat and war. So they they have no conception of anything but those things. They're mental and organisms then you see it... designed only for killing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you see Ginkai, like, literally have it dawn on his face, and he's like, oh my god, he's a kilobot, he can only kill! <laughs> and it's like, yeah, thank you, thank you for just saying the theme out loud, and metabots are better because they have hearts. This is, it's like... The the thing that's super ludicrous to me about this whole thing is this is um this is episode thirteen and this is the first time that it feels like this argument that killabots are bad because they uh because they can't be your friend is actually backed up cogently in the story with there being a consequence of that. Like, finally, they've, mm-hmm. like, despite the fact that we see metabots do normal people stuff all the time, this is the first time in the whole metabots, killabots conflict where we have seen a killabot be confronted with the fact that they can only kill. Uh, that, that finally, like, somebody actually had with a killabot is like, oh, yeah, wait, I he can't help me take the garbage out. Or can't help me with my homework. Or we can't go play football in the park or whatever. Uh, it's the, like... We're 13 episodes in is the the first time that it has actually happened in the show, which is just wild to me. (laughs) It it is wild because you wind up here with a sense of like actual like tension and limitation. You're like, oh, there is a limit here. Like this is something that they are rubbing up against where before it almost seemed to be like a matter entirely of the mindset of the people using them. Like because the, the attitude of most of the people who have used Kilobots so far has been the attitude of this thing is a tool and I'm going to use it. Mm -hmm. But here you see uh, a much different interaction that I think is like a lot more interesting and textured. It's like 
it's not brilliant, but it's working on some levels that they haven't really pulled out yet. Yeah, it's the it's the kind of thing that is like I do I do think it's probably the the case that even though we have a lot of the same animation team back on the show now that the writing team is definitely completely different people but this is like you know this kind of dawning realization is the thing that you would have expected in season one or season two and it's you know the kind of things that help make this show like feel a little bit more alive and and even if it is like literally just flat out telling you this is the this is the theme of this conflict this is what the show is about still feels like natural and kooky in the way that it's a child figuring it out that it makes sense as opposed to whatever was going on in that first zero episode where dorcas and the the knife metabot were just slamming each other with their hands (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god, that was <laughs> that was the worst. Cover that episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That I can't believe that design happened. <laughs> the design like, was bad. The animation was bad. Everything like, about that episode was god awful. <laughs> I I am sure that you covered this. Metabi is like literally made of guns. We're, we're aware of this. Yeah. <laughs> like most of the metabots are embodied weapons, even if they're toys and also friends. Mm-hmm. You can't touch that kilobot without bleeding <laughs> you can't get a hug from that thing it is just oops all knives uh it's like i hope that thing doesn't fall over Nazi because friend. it's going to stab itself and everyone in a 20-foot radius i don't know how they ship it because you can't even wrap it with bubble wrap it'll pop the it'll pop whatever you put around it for like protection right you take the knives off well, yeah, but you still gotta ship the knives. What are you gonna put them in, like styrofoam, and then, yeah, sometimes styrofoam gets sticky, and you like there's a lot of friction. Yeah, See, uh, well, so you have trouble popping it off, and then you might drop the knife on your foot. It's a it's what a you're missing <laughs> is they ship a knife block with it that you store the knives when they're not being used to murder. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, uh, originally the Metabot version, because we all know Kilobots just steal Metabot designs and add more gun and knife. Uh, originally, it was a chef bot. And then they just uh, painted him gross camo and uh, told him military's good. And uh, now we're here. Well, not to get the show back on track, but Nye and Icky have checked all over town and found two giant alligators, four mutant turtles, but no bee and honey. Um, and that's when they get an alert from the local news about a runaway truck being driven by metabots, and I quote, who are notoriously bad drivers. Um, and then they get a little, they get a little video and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the truck, it's them. And they speed off to go catch up and, and get their friends. <laughs> um, so in the sub, they don't mention metabots or anything on the, the news broadcast. Icky's not paying attention and Nye looks at it because it is a very boring, uh, there is some traffic, um, there is a, a vehicle careening out of control. So we have blocked off, uh, a three mile radius of this, uh, truck's path please avoid it and take safe detours thank you (laughs) and like that is just so boring and plain and matter of fact uh when nye sees it she goes oh hold on look and then they see it's driven by metabots but they don't (laughs) they don't mention anything like oh hey by the way there's like three metabots fighting for their lives in this moving vehicle it's just no no hey this is an inconvenience we're sorry please take safe detours around i'm sure it happens every day it probably does. Yeah. Um, so they they speed off to go catch up. Uh, um, Unitrix finally gets flung out of the cab when uh, uh, Honey does uh, 
like you know a hard turn um uh to while uh, b opens the door up um and uh you know the, the truck's still wildly speeding out of control uh the you know nai pulls up in her truck ginkai begs uh basically like abandons his kilowatch like he's he's done and over with this and i'm sure definitely will not have a kilobot again next episode uh and uh yeah uh they're just things are things are going real bad um uh, they, uh, uh, you know, Nye's trying to tell them they have to, the only way that they can possibly, you know, uh, solve this since they don't have control over the truck is Metabi has to crawl underneath it and shoot the part that connects the computer to the engine. Uh, and so B crawls underneath there and, and starts aiming. Uh, but the problem is, is the, the, uh, truck is about to careen into a tolling station so she has to uh pull them into a side road which turns out to be an unfinished like high like uh, uh overpass and um yes we are in a speed situation uh b <laughs> blows the part up honey slams the brakes b's like trying to slow the car down with his feet uh <laughs> this is so great this is yeah. like the most fun metabots dama she's been this um, is this yeah, yeah this is right up there with the delivery episode as just g- great this is fantastic uh, we got metabi crawling under nai telling him how the parts of the truck work and where to shoot like everyone's got a job also icky's driving yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. every part of this is great i love every single bit of this it is so yeah. good it's really good more uh, car chases please I love that this is the first time that I, I presumably this is where Icky learns how to drive. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, his dad didn't do it. His dad was yeah. committing more crimes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, uh, and we know that uh, his his mom definitely doesn't let him ride in the car because that is that is prime splashing strangers uh, with with uh, with the car in a puddle to get them to back to the house to get them naked and in the bathroom. Uh, the idea that that's her yeah. go to move. <laughs> <laughs> yep gonna go get some groceries and pick up a man she uh, a bucket of water so she can make a puddle so she could drive through to splash somebody god um eventually uh they do get the truck to barely stop with one axle over the edge of the unfinished high-rise uh and you know they everybody hops out and and is like oh my god it's so so happy uh icky and b go to hug but then icky calls meta be stinky uh because he's been in a sewer all night long uh and genkai thanks them for saving him um uh and uh this is what reminds Nai that the whole crux of this episode is that uh honey saw something that genkai didn't want him to see and so uh, they they pull it up, and it turns out Genkai is a big a big crybaby because his little sister accidentally erased his uh, gaming memory card. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It is so good. And the entire time, his little sister is going, "Look, I'm sorry. I keep saying I'm sorry. What can I do to make it up for you? I'm so sorry." Like she's like begging for forgiveness, and he just keeps crying. She's like, "Please just yeah. stop crying." Uh. They promise not to tell anybody, but it turns out there's a whole slew of uh, news cameras here uh, because of the terrible accident that almost happened. So it's already been broadcast to everybody. Genkai becomes a crybaby again. Um, what did the email have to do with this episode? I still don't understand. He, he was explaining uh, the email. Um, he got one. And, you know, that caused his sister to erase his... Ma- the email was just to get him in the house, I guess, even though he's got to look... This had a car chase. <laughs> it did. It did have a very good car chase in it. Also, uh, uh, the end of the episode ends with uh, us seeing everything being televised, 
and his sister is sitting there eating snacks going, he is such a crybaby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's good. Bring yeah. on more sassy little sister. Uh, we can only hope that she will appear in future episodes, but uh, I don't know. Probably not. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, she she is a girl, and we know how Metabots deals with those. So poorly. She'll, uh, so we'll get poorly. we'll get another episode featuring her and gardening uh, in the latter half of of Dimashi, Maybe it uh, might be sewing, <laughs> <laughs> basket weaving. You know, um, well, really into baking or something. You know, something uh, along those something lines. Something adequately domestic. You yeah. know what? She's young. Her doll gets stolen. <laughs> uh, speaking of domiciles, uh, Quinn, thank you for coming on the show. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, thank you so much for having me. I had a wonderful time. You can yeah. find me on Twitter at M-O-N-K-I-P-I-Q-U-I-N-N. That is Monkey Pie Quinn. You can also find my podcast that is an actual play podcast uh, called arms of the tide at arms of tide on twitter and we are on hiatus but i say in a month to six weeks we should be back releasing episodes i am chomping at the bit uh i've i i completely understand why you all have been on hiatus but i am i am ready i'm ready for arms of the tide to come back (laughs) thank you yeah Yeah. we're, we're super excited we're making sure we have like a good runway of like edit episodes like prepared and we're just going to start rolling them out once we have the flow of recording back together cuz turns out recording an actual play podcast in the middle of the pandemic was just like really hard to do if you were doing it in person and then had to switch remote yeah and uh, now we're back in person again cuz everyone's vaccinated so we're figuring like getting that stuff back together but soon that's great. Hell, I'm hell excited. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at Big Bad Beta Boy on Twitter. Um, that's that's it. Nowhere else. Um, <laughs> Colin, where can people find you on Twitter? Or uh, you anywhere? can find. Yep, uh, you can find my public Twitter account at Pagetish. That's P A D G E T T I S H. You can find my private, uh, if you're cool, at Pagetesque. That's P A D G E T T E S Q U E. Um, and yeah, uh, not a lot else going on in my life right now. Um, uh, yeah, uh, you can find the show at MetaWatch and at MetaRotch. Uh, we're finally probably going to have stuff worth gifting again, so that's fun. Um, but yeah. Uh, Man, hopefully Domishy stays good. Hopefully it does it's not bad anymore. We can really hope. Uh we have uh eight more minutes until uh we break our promise. So Colin, <laughs> tell us about those beans. How are those beans doing? Man!